Welcome to Now for Someone Completely Interesting. I'm your host, Ben Poulin. When it comes to my favorite sport, hockey, you have my full attention. Whether it's one of the greatest players of all time telling us about one of their greatest moments or one of the worst beer leaguers sharing his struggles with executing even the most basic skills, I can't stay out of any conversation about hockey. My guest has been around the sport forever and is a staple in the St. Paul hockey community. Player, coach, manager, referee, skate sharpener, all-around volunteer, Pierre has also played an important role in preserving the hockey history here. But it doesn't stop there. He's now working on our curling club's history. And when he's not uh, sharpening skates or taking a nap in between <laughs> watching hockey at the Cap Arena, as I caught him a couple weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> he squeezes in a podcast for me. A familiar name and face around the rinks and golf courses, someone completely interesting, Pierre Demasac. Welcome and thank you for hosting me in, what do we call this, the palace? or Chez Pierre's. okay. <laughs> Those that know, know, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so obviously a deep-rooted history in hockey. I, th- I think a love of all sports in general, though, that you've been involved with. Um, but let, let's go back. Like, how did you, like, tell us about your, your hockey days and your history with, with it. Yeah, well, obviously my dad took care of the outdoor rinks. And uh, I probably maybe walked only two years uphill both ways for about <laughs> a mile. But then he, he got involved, so then we, we got our rides. But... And then, uh, yeah, I just played minor hockey, mostly outdoors, uh, maybe a couple years in the old rink uh, until 72 uh, when I went to a camp and uh, when I ended up going to Estevan because my brother was playing, you know, the, with the newest Mr. Bruins, so mm-hmm. that's how I got to go to Estevan, but... Um, so there's there was like a hierarchy between New Westminster Bruins and the Estevan, right? As yeah, far so Estevan as Bruins used to be in the, in the in the in Western Canada League. Okay, and they became the Saskatchewan Junior, and right? And uh, New West was a bigger town, so then the Estevan franchise moved to the to to the coast there by in, right. in New Westminster. So so that would have been considered the Western Hockey League at yep. New Westminster, and yep. then the SJH, which is Junior A, yeah, which is still a pretty good level junior of hockey. Junior tier two, yeah, yeah. Yep. How was that experience for you coming up from? Well, obviously leaving home with uh, 11, 12 kids still sitting at home, it was nice to just leave. <laughs> uh, and I had some really good uh, billets. Yeah. The the first year actually we were waiting for a curfew call. Good story, and then. Uh, couple of the players, we were five boys in that one house, and a couple, couple of them were arguing about something. We were waiting for the phone to ring from the coach, and and the uh, the, the old man got up to kind of put a stop to the arguing, and we were being kind of loud, and he had a heart attack. Oh, jeez. And uh, didn't make it. So, uh, But she kept all five of us the rest of the year. So as a 16-year-old, I was a bit of a shock to, to no kind of w- witness that. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the second year, I lived with a Japanese place, so I can count to you in 10 in Japanese if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know that because my kid's been in karate for so long and oh, they, yeah. they count their moves. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, being in Savannah, I was hurt a lot. You know, cracked kneecap, uh, busted shoulders. I was playing bigger than what I really was. I might have right. been 150 pounds at, at, at the most. Uh, but because of my injury, I ended up helping the trainers and I learned how to sharpen skates. So f- 50 years later, I'm still <laughs> sharpening. <laughs> um. The the uh, the shock of leaving home, I guess, and then but but you did come back and play a couple more years junior for the hometown team. Yeah, as so well. obviously you know being from a, a farming background, and then my brothers wanted to expand the, the dairy farm. So then I knew I wasn't going to be a hockey player. So mm-hmm. I knew all the time that I was going to come back in the farm. So I was a partner there with uh, two two of my brothers for for a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
But you, you, but you were still playing some junior hockey at yeah, the I time? Yeah, I come back and played junior B and then busted my shoulder again. Had it repin for the second time and, and then ended up playing with the senior hockey with the, with the Rockets for right. a couple, two or three years. And then I was asked to go coach in Saddle Lake, junior B. Okay. Uh, but I mean, the years prior to that, I had coached the Bantams and the Midgets right. going up to that. Uh, lasted one year in uh, Saddle Lake. And then Pat O'Neill asked me to start coaching the junior Bs in Towner. So that was in 1989. Right. So I did about five years doing that. Yeah. Was there always kind of that underlying thing that when you knew, well, I'm not going to have the the NHL career, I guess, or professional career, but, but coaching is always kind of a, a door wide open that way? Or Yeah, I think, you know, it my brother Guy was a big factor. Uh, he he kind of coached me when I was with the Rockets and I uh, kind of got a liking to it. Uh, you know, just being on the farm, just to get away from the farm, just to do yep. something different. And hockey was always in my blood, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So you, you spent some years as a manager as well with the, the junior yeah, club? Yeah, the one year. Uh, I was on the board, maybe four or five years. I was a manager for the one year. Um, yeah, and then, um, you know, my son gets born, and I end up starting all over again with mini mites right up to, <laughs> right up to midget. So probably did def- definitely over 20 years of coaching. What, what were some of your favorite memories, whether it was playing or coaching from, from your years as, in hockey? Well, in playing, I think my, my, my best year was my first year at Rockets. You know, I was, I was top scorer of the team and a rookie of the year and playing with some really good linemates. Uh, and then I think coaching my son and, and Adams, we won a provincial. Right. And the following year, he won Pee Wee Provincials. Uh, so those are really good, good things to go through for sure. And even now with uh, the kids are grown, you've got grandkids, but you're, you've still been involved with coaching minor hockey. Yeah, back and forth with different guys. Uh, kind of stuck for a coach. I would help either help them or, or be the head coach. Last year, like for instance, there was a, I hadn't coached in seven years, but the PV team were really looking for a coach. And, and uh, so there, I got on board because I knew some of the parents there. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely time to quit. Mm-hmm. After seven years, it was, I, I did my part, I think. I, I heard a story once from uh, a player that played under you when you were coaching Junior B, and he said, ask Pierre about the neutral zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were inside a lake, and uh, I wanted to talk about the neutral zone, which was very <laughs> hard for me to say in those days. I, I had a stuttering problem, and uh, I just blurted out, uh, when you're in the center of the ice, and the whole team just <laughs> lost it. And uh, we, it got him really loose. We ended up winning that game by four or five goals. So, <laughs> yeah, I had to keep it loose somehow. <laughs> you, you've gotten better at, at, at controlling because, you, as you mentioned, you had a stutter because you hardly notice it over the years But um, that I've known you. And, uh, but you said you, you, you had some other situations where it, it kind of uh, – where you were just mentioned earlier before we started recording when you were in Estevan trying to call yeah. home. Yeah, I think just being a young kid and being nervous and not confident, I think over okay. the years I got better. Right. So if it's someone that's uh, um, overpowering, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm at his level, then I'll start stuttering. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it definitely has gotten better. <laughs> um, it wasn't just hockey that you, you've had passion about. Like you were involved for many years with, with the golf club in town uh, in St. Paul. You're now uh, the, the, the groundskeeper in it's Two Hills, correct? That's right, yeah. Um, you, you've got a passion for that as well. Yeah, well, the way it happens when I was you know, leaving the farm, uh, I had a kind of a breakdown with my brothers and, and Brian Delonchamp had a sports shop in town. He was looking for a guy to sharpen skates, so I says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm for hire. And from there, Brian was on the uh, golf board. They were looking for a new greenskeeper, which I knew nothing about. <laughs> and, uh, but they, you know, they saw something in me and they, they sent me to school. I went to Boston for a three-month course there. Um, 
and yet 21 years I stayed there in St. Paul and then kind of need a break from that and I went into landscaping and and now I'm back at a golf course. So, <laughs> so good. It's, you got into landscaping because of what you learned as a, a groundskeeper in the golf course? or did No, you actually, always... when I left the golf course, I actually was a salesman at John Deere for a year, which kind of drove me nuts because I was not meant to be in an office mm-hmm. uh, in sales. So, uh, yeah, we went into lawn care, and lawn care got into landscaping. So about f- 15 years right. I did landscaping, and uh, which was, was really good for me. At, mm-hmm. I bought some equipment, which I still use today, in Two Hills. Uh, and the reason why I got the tools because of my age and uh, landscaping was a little bit too hard on my body. So a good friend of mine, as a matter of fact, he was the captain of our junior B team here, Doug, Doug Alecki. Oh yeah. Uh, he's the one that got me over there and, uh, yeah, I've been there four years and just love it. They kind of let me do my thing and it's been good. Right on. Now, just to set the scene a little bit here, I mentioned earlier, we're in your, your, your shop, your man cave, um, what we call Chez Pierre. It's loaded with sports memorabilia on the wall not in the sense that you would think i mean there is some you know autographed jerseys here from some uh, uh prominent names that we would recognize in the area there's a smell there's a brodziak jersey but a lot of it has to do with the local history and was there always that that conscious uh idea that you would have kind of a place to showcase this and you you did play a big role there's a really nice uh, when they redid the the new lobby in the arena um the history of the junior bees in in saint paul that you played a big role in supplying information and and some of the pictures yes yeah, so it kind of started in 2005 so what 18 years ago uh, a guy by the name of marty nondorf who just passed away here recently he was a president of minor hockey and i was on the board and he wanted to do a thing on history so i put myself in the library for about three months there over the winter Right. And I uh, went through every St. Paul journal. It was, was really interesting. Yeah. And then I had a good volunteer group. We met at the golf course and displayed all the photocopies I made of stuff, it's stats, and, and, you know, it all started from 1950s, where I, I took it from. I'm sure there was hockey before that. Yeah. And then uh, I had a, some flip charts. Cause we had a big 50-year uh, celebration at the arena. We had that all exposed around the rink. Right. And then I put it on some flip charts. And over the years, it kind of got damaged. So that's what I have back in my shop here. And I, I just took parts of that stuff, the championship years, some stats. Yeah. And we kind of assembled a new thing there at the arena that we have today. So, But what about like, because you've got a lot of your own pictures here on the wall as well. Like what are some yeah. of the ones that, uh, like yeah. years that you were involved with as player, as coach? Yeah, as coach, player. Um, but a lot of it is from the, when we did the history stuff, people would bring me stuff, right? Okay. And a lot of that's just, pictures programs i have a lot of programs from the junior b team right. and and um, yeah so some of it is on the wall some of the stuff on my wall is actually people that know i have space to put some of their stuff that their wives don't want to see in their house anymore <laughs> you know like i have an autograph bobby or uh, chicago blackhawks uh, but it was autographed to stan smill stan gave it to his brother harvey and harvey gave it to a kid by the name of john olson <laughs> and Johnny left his wife, and then uh, he says she's not getting this, so it became on my wall. <laughs> so little, like little stories like that, you know, yeah. some uh, <laughs> pretty cool stuff. Oh, careful now, my wife might be bringing you stuff. She's sitting yeah. here listening to this. There's still room. <laughs> There's still room. Um, what are some of your favorite things that you have on display here that you would? That well, obviously out? my nephew, uh, Kyle Brozak, yeah. I play for the Oilers. So I got his, you know, St. Louis and Minnesota jersey, and and his Oilers jersey, and he's autographed a few. Mm-hmm. Pretty proud of that. Um, 
I think, you know, even the pros when we play right. with, you, with you, Ben, you know, yeah. we got some old jerseys up there, <laughs> some old hats. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, like the Chevrolet jersey that Pat O'Neill gave me, which was the right. very first year of the Junior B in town, or was Juvenile then. Right, so right. So I kind of have that old, the old original Chevrolet jersey. Um, that, yeah. that was it. Do, do you know when they switched to, to becoming the Canadians? Yeah, so the Chevrolet was only 1955, 56. It was only two years. Okay. And then that's when the uh, Clancy got involved with the uh, Regina Patch, which they were affiliated with the Montreal Canadiens. Right, right, right. And that's when we became the St. Paul Canadiens. So. Over the years as a player, as a coach, I mean, sports evolved. What are some of the things you've seen from, I guess, from the time you've played to what you see now as being maybe something that was good for the game or maybe something you wish hadn't changed? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because I was just talking to a parent today at the arena about how some of these parents are taking their kids to play, you know, out of town to play these mm-hmm. these double A leagues and and all that stuff. And it's like, it just to me it doesn't make sense because you know unless you're a triple A bantam as a 14, 15 year old, I think this is when it should start. Right. Before that, like really, like you know, you should be staying home and play with your family and all that traveling and money is costing parents tons mm-hmm. of money. Um, so, you know, that part I don't get. Um, I think kids should be able to play. You know, if you play at a lower level, you have the time and space to cre- be creative and be a better hockey player. Right. You know, and I know that uh, Sutter, Daryl Sutter, when he was in LA, he mentioned that. Right. You know, like the scouts need to go to the small towns and find that diamond in the rough. Yeah. You know, because uh, I think there's way too much pressure on some of these kids to... I've always thought, and I know this from growing up myself, I played with some very talented hockey players that did not go away to play hockey but got found um, just by being who they were as as that too. But I also think it's been detrimental to the small-town hockey atmosphere by we've lost a lot of good players at at early on. And it's then you lose two or three players, that could be the team. And then there's, you know, you can't ice the team. Well, this team we have right now, they're playing what – four games over the weekend here and they only got 11 players you know because yeah. you got four of them playing in Bonneville yeah I, I just don't get it I it blows me away sometimes you know what, what's what's something that's changed in the game that you think is maybe for the better mm, good question <laughs> <laughs> never thought of that one uh yeah not sure. I don't know if it is. I'm the old school yeah. guy too. Like the, yeah. the 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 further I go back into the sport, the more I think this is how it should be played. It's a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. mean, I don't. You know, I've been around the game for a long time, so I don't always watch hockey on the ice. Right. Uh, unless it's somebody I know, then I'll maybe I'll watch a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I mean, it's still a great game. It's the coaches have gotten better. Yeah. Uh, the kids are. You know, they get smart pretty fast because of all the drills that's online now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I, I was going to say maybe the technology has, has improved For a lot sure. with speed and everything. And and like you said, too, they I know, and with a lot of sports, kids sit and watch these these videos constantly and, and learn how to improve yeah. just, just based solely on that, that. That's something maybe we didn't have access to growing yeah, up. Yeah, and, for sure, yeah. Um, now, curling, you've always been involved in curling, or is that something you pick, kind of picked up after you hung up the skates here a few years ago? Well, back? you saw how bad I was on the ice bed when I played against you, and... <laughs> Couldn't even hit the net. So, um, well, I knew about three, four years ago that, you know, with my grind situations and, and just not being able to handle the puck that well. Right. I did have a hand injury a long time ago, and I just didn't have the strength to – so you, your body will tell you, right, right when you're right. ready. And I kind of had started curling a little bit a couple of years before that. So, this is maybe only my seventh or eighth year curling. Right. 
and just totally love the sport. And, uh, and I play three times a week here with the seniors. I love to go with the seniors because I feel very young there. They're all in their <laughs> 80s. So uh, now I use a stick now because it's hard to bend my knees. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a great sport. So I got on the board and I saw that there wasn't a whole lot of history on the wall. So yeah. I'm starting doing a lot of research there right now <laughs> as we speak. So. so you're using the same template, going to the library, looking stuff up? Yeah, or? no, just uh, some stuff they had in uh, storage. And right now I'm looking. I've got a big trophy there that I found. I'm going to... I'm in uh, doing research on getting all the presidents. So okay. Paul Emile Bovere has given me all the ones from 1936 to 1984. Wow. So now it's got to go from 84 to now. So it's interesting to see who, who actually curled mm-hmm. and who, who mm-hmm. was involved. Some big names have come from St. Paul yeah. in that sport. Yes. Or, I, or have passed through St. Paul in a sense. Yeah, I guess well, you we could got say. that uh, rock kid, right? So I did a display yeah. on him already. He's won a world championship with his group from Edmonton. And, and now that we got Val Sweeting, who's kind of going out with a guy from around here. Yeah. I want to do a display on her and Rachel Holman. You That's know, right. She's married to Sean Ovik and uh, Sean uh, Germain. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool to see that. You know? It is. Yeah. 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 Do, do you see a lot with big kids coming up through curling? Because I know it, it's a big sport in, in school, like junior high. Yeah. When that was, so some of the research I've done, it used to be, I think, even more popular in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And it's kind of died down. But I think it's starting to to pick up now there's a lot of they have a junior program Wednesday right. and some of the, the the school the high school kids are involved in the in the fund leagues yeah and so it's good to see that there's a lot of young kids involved now what is it about curling that that made it uh, is it just the association that you can still be on the ice and play a sport or or is there something else that I mean if you if you couldn't hit the net as a hockey player what makes you think you can hit the buttons <laughs> Um, I tried curling. Actually, yeah. I had to stand in for you with a with a team once in the fun league a couple of years ago. You were on holidays, and oh, okay. I uh, I can definitely appreciate the skill uh, that goes into it. I was not good at all, at all. I did yeah. everything they told me to do exactly as they told me, and the rock did not do what it was supposed to do. So, yeah. <laughs> not sure if it's because I'm bullegged that I was able to stay afloat when I leave the hack, but um, and and. It is a not an easy sport. Like no, people, people think no. it's easy. It's not because you, you start sweeping. You you get your stamina going there, and it's yeah. back and forth. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's just a good social a good social place to go. Right, right. You, know, and you meet up after for a beer. And I've been yeah. to a few bounce fields, and uh, I just I love the game. I, I and but that's the thing too is that you you watch it on TV. You're seeing the best of the best yeah. who've been doing it for years, who practice constantly. They make it look very very easy. Oh, yeah. You go out there and try to do it. Yeah. You can, I mean, you throw the rock too soft, you throw it too yeah. hard, it goes right. Like, yeah. The, yeah, the, I was, uh, I was watching Val Sweeting uh, this week doing a practice session, and she's got the, the timers, she's got the, yeah. the, the green lights from across to try and hit that light, and it's pretty interesting how they practice. So, yeah, yeah, they are good for a reason. Yeah, they, they practice hard. <laughs> and then as far as sweeping goes, I mean, yeah, yes. it's one thing to sweep a broom, but then to stay on your feet on ice yeah. and follow along with the rock as you're doing it. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't wear a slider no more. I just stay with my runners. Yeah, yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah. Somebody offered me oh, a slider. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm just gonna go runners yeah. and just yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, going through the history and you see all the people that used to curl, they don't curl anymore, mm-hmm. probably for the fact that they couldn't get out of you know they couldn't bend down or go on a hack right. but now with the stick it's it's so much fun and you can be really accurate with that oh yeah oh yeah you're just walking up to the hog line and you release it and it's good what's what's the uh is there an age uh, uh mandate before you're allowed to use a stick because maybe if i could try one with the stick i might uh 
<laughs> yeah, it would fit you really well. But you're 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 good at going down in the crouch because you're a goalie. So, uh, but you know what? Come, coming out with a slider is not. It's not that you got to be have a pretty good balance. So yeah, uh, I think the stick is. I had my little uh, granddaughter. She's nine years old. Yeah, I curled with her last week. You know, a little uh, fun spiel. And uh, she used a stick, but you know she was curious. She wanted to come out with a slider, but mm-hmm. she will eventually. Her mom will put her in the program. There you go. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I had a brain fart. I was going to ask you something else as I was thinking while you were talking, and oh. I forgot. Now, sorry, apologize for that, uh, Pierre. So, um, we talked about the groundskeeper as a golfer, but you've golfed yourself over the years. Um, is that always a sport that you've been involved in? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't start golfing until I was about 21, 22. Okay. And uh, when I left the farm at, when I was only 27, uh, obviously I was at the groundskeeper in St. Paul and had my, challenging, my, my challenges there, but you learn, I learned more from going to meetings and talking to other supers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then obviously you got the time, time to golf, so yeah. every time I changed pins, I had the clubs with me. <laughs> had to get to the green anyway. So, and had an old teacher in John Baudet who's passed away now, but he he taught me a lot about the game. Uh, so yeah, won won a few a few titles. Uh, um, I mean, I'm not even close to what I used to be, but right. uh, I still like to play the game. So, so let me ask you this. Okay, so you're working on the curling history right now. I've noticed at the St. Paul Clubhouse that there's not a lot in as far as the memorabilia. Actually, when I did the 50 years of hockey. I okay. picked up every article for golf. So there is a, an album at the golf course. Okay. With a lot of, I, I have the very first article where they raise money to build three holes and they raise money by selling peanuts on the main street. Really? Little bags of peanuts. So that story is out there. So I did set okay. up an album. Yeah. Okay. So there is okay. a history up to, well, 2005 when, okay. I, when I quit the golf course. Right. So right. There's a history there. Okay, it's yeah. just not as pro- predominantly It's not displayed. put out on display. Yeah. I think it's just on an album. I think it'd be nice if they had something they like should. what they did at the arena, they too. They should so. put something, yeah. Okay, well, we'll put that out there and sure. see. I'm not interested, no. <laughs> no, okay. You've already done the legwork, though. I they did just, the legwork. Somebody they just, else can put they just have to, Yeah, they just have to take it off the pages of the album and put it on the wall there. So. Yeah. Um, no, but I think it's important. Uh, there, there's some deep-rooted history with, uh, with our community, with... Uh, sports in general but specifically those sports like you said curling goes back to the 30s here 1936 well 1941 it was established as a right. non, non-for-profit group right but i have the president of 1936 so wow that's yeah. a long time long to time yeah, yeah 80, so, 80 82 years yeah yeah so i think it's important that 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 kind of stuff gets recognized in our community so sure. it's it's nice that some so do you have a timeline as to when everything is kind of going to be in place it'll all be at the curling rink i'm assuming yeah like somebody donated a big flip chart thing that he, you can pin stuff on so it's, it's not going to be what I did for hockey, but it's going to be a lot of little displays here and there. Yeah. We might change it every year sort of thing. Okay. Uh, my first thing right now is like we, we have this uh, hang in the 30s fun spiel. And right. We've, we've donated money for the last four years. So uh, I found an old plaque that I'm getting redone. And it's going to show mm-hmm. the, the money that we've raised for them. Uh, so that's an important thing to have around here. And uh, again, the presidents and I'm just, I've talked to Marlene Boucher, who's been around for 40 years around the curling rink, and I guess she's got three bags of stuff she wants to give me, so there'll be more displays as we go. There you go. Is there is there anything that's come up in your research with history of uh, whether it be hockey, curling, golf, that has been kind of like caught you off guard or a big surprise aha yeah. moment? Yeah, he, yeah. every once in a while you see something, oh, I did not know that. You know, yeah. um, To name some, I can't really name one off, off right. the top of my head there, but... Yeah, it's surprising to see some stuff, yeah. <laughs> some names that you maybe didn't expect? Yeah. 
some yeah. cousins, some, some of my own cousins okay. curled. My dad curled. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I think I was the 11 child, so I think by the time I was born, he probably quit. <laughs> he had no time. <laughs> he had no time, so uh, yeah. it's interesting. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Pierre, thank you so much for joining me in doing yeah. this. I have one last question. Sure. It's the same question I ask every one of my guests that come on here. You're on a show called Now for Someone Completely Interesting. If you had to name someone who you think would be deserving of having their stories heard like this, who would that be? I know this is always the put you on the spot yeah. question. <laughs> well, I know, like, it's funny, man. I talked to, like, Real Labrie, right? Okay. I was with him today. He's very involved with the Act Society, and he's going to be involved with this curling event coming in here at the end of January. Right on. We're hosting the ladies' pro- pro- provincials. And, uh, you know, the guy won leagues and provincial championships with the Junior Bs, right? He was a captain. Um, very heavily involved with, with the Act Society, and and uh, he has been for a very long time. There's, there's one guy, right? Perfect. You could approach um, <laughs> him, and I get along pretty good. And we've had a lot of stories over the years when he owned uh, Weasel's Confectionery. So, right. Uh, that's one guy I can think of. Awesome. No, nope, that's all we need. It's good right. to hear. But if the if you do think of anybody else, you're welcome to text sure. me, message me, and everything like that. Yeah. Again, my guest has been Pierre Demasac, and uh, thank you once again for hosting me in Shea Pierre's palace (laughs) those that know know um if you've enjoyed this podcast you can find us on your regular podcast provider by searching uh pool and radio or now for someone completely interesting and don't forget to follow us on social media we're on facebook and instagram just search out pool and radio my guest once again the great historian of our sports (laughs) in saint paul the one and only pierre demisac thank you so much thank you